The Blue Jays swept the Mets, and now both teams are going to be facing probably their biggest challenge of the season so far. This is Locked On MLB. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all the Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. You can tell by my lower third. Where did it go? Right there. You can call me Sully. A quick reminder that this episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. Visit betterhelp.com slash MLB to get 10% off your first month. We talk about two of the most confusing teams in baseball. That would be the Mets. That was the last of the weekend. It was not at all what I thought was going to happen. And now they are going to be facing maybe, just maybe, the teams that will clash in the World Series. And we have to say goodbye to a baseball lifer who gave out a phenomenal thing to his teams and was at the center of several of the most beloved teams in the history of baseball. Some because they were champions and some because they were so god-awful. Follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and on Instagram. I'm your pal, Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter. Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Uh, you know, oh, 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 what am I thinking? We got to deal with the trivia question first. A lot of people got the trivia question correct. Um, the first two, by the way, Amy, uh, who's a, uh, an everyday Sully listener, uh, who has been on fire with the trivia questions bunch of we got right amy was the first she's at a j g one four two three uh the question was who was the only pittsburgh player to win the rookie of the year the answer is jason bay who won in 2004 a couple other people got it including one of my new followers rj hines who's at dcky uh jay i don't know the key Dickie J, not sure, but uh, shout out to both of them. That's, that's right. Of all the great players who played on the Pirates over the years, and there would be a few who could have made the argument that Johnny Ray probably could have won the National League Rookie of the Year in 1982. It went to Steve Sachs because back then only Dodgers were allowed to win the National League Rookie of the Year. But Jason Bay, who was later part of the bizarre – Manny Ramirez to Los Angeles and Jason Bay wound up going to the Red Sox. Uh, and Jason, while uh, Manny Ramirez turned LA into Maywood, Jason Bay was really terrific in his year and a half with the Boston Red Sox before signing with the Mets in an all time bad deal. Uh, so good job there. By the way, speaking of the Mets, uh, it was just last week I said the Mets were on the verge of taking off. Ryan Finkelstein was on the show. The Mets looked like things were clicking. They played the Philadelphia Phillies. They swept the Phillies. 
couple walk-off victories, and the Mets looked solid, absolutely solid. They were mahogany, and they were welcoming the stumbling and bumbling Toronto into City Field. And it looked like it was a time for the Mets to maybe get off the schneid and show that they're ready to make a run at the National League East. Meanwhile, a bad series by the Blue Jays would plunge them deeper and deeper into the American League East cellar and I believe would cost John Schneider his job. And I've been calling for his job as the manager of the Toronto Blue Jays because I don't think he's I don't think he's the man for the job. I think the better candidates out there right and win now. So doesn't forgive me. I don't have the effort and the energy to look it up. Pointed out that it's kind of crazy to break down the baseball season the way I have been doing because of the, the ebbs and flows that happen through. And it's true. It's the great thing about a 162-game schedule is that there are, are tides. That come in and then last weekend, the likes of Brandon Belt, the likes of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. managed to do, you know, managed to win game after game. And next thing you know, the Toronto Blue Jays were the ones who swept the Mets in City Field. And and it wasn't like the games were blowouts. You know the the Blue Jays managed to win. Uh, Verlander pitched quite well, thank you very much, on the game on uh, Friday, but it was a shutout, three nothing. And then the the uh, Toronto victory on Saturday. So you know the Mets did not pitch badly in the first two games. Held the the Blue Jays to a total of five runs. But the problem is they only scored one. And then the final game was back and forth and back and forth. And finally, you know, Belt and company wound up winning it against the Mets bullpen. Final of six to four. And just as I was saying that things were, were super bad for the Toronto Blue Jays, they went on that four-game losing streak. To what they they fell to they were one game over five hundred. They fell the twenty seven and twenty six during Labor Day weekend. And I'm looking at it, man, this team has a legit shot of coming out of Labor Day a five hundred or maybe even a sub five hundred team for a team that has this many stars that they pulled off the the risky trade of Teoscar Hernandez. All the- and they played nine games since coming to within, you know, just being one game over 500. And they've won seven out of their next nine games, including all the games against the Mets. They went up, they've gone on a gauntlet where they had to play. I mean, they reached that point where they're only one game above 500. And they lost, you know, against Tampa Bay. And I was looking at the gauntlet that they were facing. Twins, first place team. Brewers, first place team. Mets have images of winning a pennant, highest payroll in the history of baseball. That, that was the gauntlet that I, they saw. Like it doesn't face that kind of side with a 7-2 and two record. But that's exactly what just happened. 
And the Blue Jays dusted themselves off. And when they weren't piling up lots of runs, they pitched well enough to get out of it. When they let up game-tying hits like they did on Sunday, they got the big hit by Belt later on in the game. And they haven't just been leaning on Florero or George Springer. They've been spraying the chips around the table. And Bassett has been a godsend to the team. Kikuchi wound up winning a game against Milwaukee the other day. They've dusted themselves off. Now they're going to face the great test because this gauntlet is not over for Toronto. They are going to Houston for, if I believe, yeah, four games. Count them, four games. Actually, Houston's coming up north to, to Canada. So the Strohs are going to be there. And the Strohs are playing very well, thank you very much. They beat up on the Angels over the weekend. So give the Blue because I've been dogpiling on the Blue Jays. Because I thought they were going to be very good this year. And I see they have the pieces. I see they have the bats. I see they have the pitching. And they were not getting it together. And they have the interim manager who was at the helm because Montoyo needed to be shown the door. Who this team wet the bed in the playoffs last year? Forgive me if I thought maybe a big time, you know, successful manager might be the right fit for this. And do you know what? I still do. I still do think the sweep against the Mets, notwithstanding, I still do think over the long haul. I don't think Steiner's the right guy for the job. If the job. They face this gauntlet well, but it's going to continue because once they play the Astros, they got to play the Twins again. Great team, but they're in first place. And then you got to play the Baltimore Orioles, who I don't know if you've noticed this, but are on pace to win ninety, like in the high nineties. And speaking about on pace to be in the high nineties, after they play the the Orioles. They're going to be playing the Rangers, who are in first place. And once they finish the Rangers, they're going to play the Marlins. Eh, The Marlins aren't that good. The Marlins are a playoff team this year, in case you've missed that. You have to go all the way till June 23rd until you have an easy opponent. Surprise, it's Oakland. But this this is the roughest part of a season that you could have. And if the Blue Jays survive this, they've got a legit shot. If they don't, if the Blue, if the Blue Jays can't handle it, by then it would be late June. And then you have to really start thinking about something. So this gauntlet that the Blue Jays have to face so far, they're doing they're doing well. They've held their own against you know, they you know they didn't do so well against you know the 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 Yankees. I mean this if we extrapolate this from to May twelfth, think about this: the series starting May twelfth that they've played have included Atlanta, probably the best team in the National League, the Yankees playoff team, Orioles playoff team. Rays, best team in baseball. Twins, playoff team. Brewers, playoff team. That's actually not a normal playoff team. That's for the next segment, but have dreams of being a playoff team. Then Astros, possible 
World Series repeat winners. Twins, playoffs, Orioles, Rangers, Marlins. That's a gauntlet. And if they can survive that, this could be a playoff team in Toronto. If not, well, then it might just be time to start thinking about, I don't know, popping the hood and making a few repairs. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is the perfect fit. And the same can be said for your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can make sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know if the part will fit. Or your money performance is in the game. Over 122 million parts to choose from. You'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride! eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The Mets are a strange story. And it looked like they were about to take off especially with Scherzer and Verlander being healthy and pitching well. Verlander pitched very well over the weekend. You know, it looked like they were getting good, solid pitching and maybe some big-time back at the right moment. We certainly saw that in the Philadelphia series. But suddenly, the wheels came off in this series against Toronto. Once again, they weren't blowouts. The Blue Jays played them well and won some close games. It's tough to go crazy when you people were jumping up and down and feeling great when they were winning tough games against the Philadelphia Phillies. I guess things evened out if you said in a what a six game set between the Blue Jays and the Phillies they were going to go three and three which is basically what happened. But the Mets are now in a situation where they're a 500 team and it's it seems come back from losing record, 500 records. But they got to start winning. And they got to start going forward. And there's something psychologically, I'm sure, daunting about being a veteran team and being under the 500 mark when the calendar pages say June. Well, they're going to be facing the Atlanta Braves. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but the Atlanta Braves right now are the best team in the National League. They had a series this weekend against the Arizona Diamondbacks, which was back and forth and back and forth. The Diamondbacks are a very good team. And they were one out away from taking two out of three from Atlanta when Rosario hit a two-out bottom uh, top of the ninth grand slam to put Atlanta ahead and put the Diamondbacks back on their heels. The only good thing that happened to the Diamondbacks is Los Angeles, the Dodgers, wound up losing to the Yankees on the ESPN game. So the Diamondbacks and Dodgers are still tied at the top of the standings. I'll be talking to Miller Thomas tomorrow about the Diamondbacks and whether or not they're going to be really challenging the Dodgers for the NL West title. Again, we talked about what was going on for the uh, Toronto Blue Jays. The Mets are going to be facing Atlanta. And again, baseball can be a 100% a uh, completely unpredictable sport. We know that. They're going to be, the Mets are going 
to be facing the Braves in Atlanta. Then they're going to Pittsburgh. I don't know if you've been watching the Pirates. Pirates have been playing very well. Pirates are winning games. And then off they go to a couple of games against the Yankees in the middle of the month. There is a realistic shot that the Mets could be a sub-500 team in the middle of the the manager of the Mets. I'm a big fan of all of them. But the reality is they have to show this is one of those gut check times. You want to be the champ, you're going to have to face some of these teams and do well against them. This isn't like previous years where there's tons of games been interdivision. They're only going to face the Braves a handful of times, and they did not fare well against them when they met in late April. This is going to be a rough schedule for the Mets. The month is ending with a stretch against teams like the 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 Houston Astros and the Milwaukee Brewers. You know, two playoff teams. The Mets seem to be top heavy. They don't seem to have tons of depth. Big time decisions. Thomas Nito just got DFA'd to make room for Alvarez, which means the pressure is on Alvarez to really start contributing. Base to start contributing as well. You know, they got back Verlander. They got sure that, but now got to these games. Again, everything was snow cones, apples, when they were weeping the filthy Phillies. But remember, that came on the heels off of losing a series to Colorado and losing a series. They're capable of losing the teams they have no business losing to. I think the Mets are better than a 500 team. I think they're a 90 win team. But first they have to show they're better than 500. Sweep a series, get swept. Sweep the, the uh, you know, take two out of three from Tampa and clean Cubs who stink, lose a series to the Rockies who stink. Not so great. That's a team that fluctuates too much. They have to go on and put on the aft thrusters. This is go time for the Mets to show who you are. A lot of money was spent on this team than any team in the history of baseball, and they didn't do that. They have a chance to be the third wild card team. So now we're going to see what happens. Big gut check time for Toronto. Big gut check time for the Mets. They clashed last weekend. We saw what happened. The rest of the season. Yes, I know they all almost all of June, all of July, all of August, all of September. But in order to get to that playoff spot, especially when we're seeing how crammed both of these leagues are right now, it would behoove you to not constantly say like a mantra, well, this team came from behind and that team came from behind. It would behoove you to start piling up some wins now so you can use a big win streak in August and September to build upon this. Yes, I know. We go back and forth all year long. But it's critical for the Mets to start winning a little bit. My intuition may be too for them to get out of. Let's go into our final segment. I think it's important that we talk a little bit about 
your mental health and about the help that you can get. You, you can get caught up in whatever most of you in the moment for what you need. If you're guilty of this, my job as a special education teacher requires that I put my own needs on the shelf. I'm a father, your own needs on the shelf, things like that. Next thing you know, when do you get to yourself? When do you take care of the most important person in your life, which is you? You think about all the time you're given, and you can sometimes feel stretched thin. Now, I have been in therapy. I'm in therapy now. And it can give you the tools you need to find balance to feel centered. And that's something that, that is important for us all to feel in these challenging times. Now, if you're thinking about starting therapy, and give it a try. And more importantly, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited for your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And if the therapist doesn't feel right, you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. You can find BetterHelp. If you visit BetterHelp, dot com slash today dot com slash locked on mlb uh before we go i'm going to uh two quick things uh i'm going to pay tribute to someone and i'm also going to give us our trivia question for the day roger craig died uh yesterday baseball baseball lifer and when someone like Roger Craig dies, it's a it's an especially hard punch to the gut because he is someone who bridged a gap to a previous generation. And baseball always has that illusion of timelessness. When like Roger Craig dies, some of that timelessness goes away, and the the reality of our town Earth becomes more apparent. Now, some of you, uh, he was in his 90s when he died. He, it's kind of like Forrest Gump, kept popping up at key moments in baseball history. And he was a part of the only Dodger team to win the World Series in Brooklyn. One of the most loved teams in the history of baseball the 1955 brooklyn dodgers who sadly love that never to ferment the way that some other great curse ending teams got to ferment because they left for los angeles just two years later but roger craig was a starting pitcher he started game five of the 1955 world series for the dodgers and earned his world series ring there and when the team came out west to los angeles so they played uh, not far from where I'm sitting right now at the L.A. Coliseum, he was right. So he was able to be a champion in Brooklyn and Los Angeles. And he pitched in the World Series where the Dodgers made attendance records that will never be broken in the World Series because they played in the sim that's at like 93,000 people. There's no way you can break because no one's going to have a 93,000 baseball stadium ever again part of the team turned to the New York area 
and became part of the original New York Mets. Now he was a, a Roger Craig was a, a good old boy from Durham, North Carolina. Smoked like a good old boy. And he was part of that Mets team that lost 120 games, but became one of the most beloved teams in the history of baseball. The reason why that Mets team was so loved was because, as I mentioned before, the Dodgers were ripped away from the fans. The Giants were ripped away from the fans. And for a few years, all those was left in New York with the Yankees won the series and yet saw their attendance drop. The Dodgers fans would not root for the Yankees. Giant fans would not root for the Yankees. And the olive branch for baseball, and someday I'll get into the whole, uh, the 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 possible formation of the Continental League and what, what prompted the Mets, blah, 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 blah. That's another history lesson. But the National League Baseball returned to New York, actually returned to the polo grounds where the Giants used to play. And the Mets uniforms were a hybrid of cars, the Giants, and the script lettering of the Dodgers of the Mets on the front. And the National League fans who used to be pitted against each other as Dodgers and Giants fans clashed, had a unifying team. They all adopted the Mets as their new team. And they had a smattering of former Dodgers and Giants on the team to uh, help bring some of the fans back there. Duke Snyder um, came over and returned to New York as a member of the Mets. It's obviously William Mays that year. That first year with the manager playing in the polo grounds, they lost 120 games. But it's still a team, even though they were terrible, maybe because they were terrible. Because the fans wanted a, a National League team so badly in New York, they would even take this. We want it in the worst way, and that's what they got. And the fans came out in droves to support the Mets. And the Mets became... You know, they, they they took that team to the bosom and said, yeah, they stink, but we've got a team again. And Roger Craig, who was a world champion, Brooklyn Dodger, was part of that team. Now, later, he was part of the 1964 Cardinals, which was the World Series that was basically the end of the great Yankee dynasty. The di- Yankee dynasty, you could date back Babe. Ruth all the way to 1920 to 1964. The Yankees, save for a year here or two here and there, were always in the World Series. And that dynasty basically ended with the 64 World Series. Now, it was revived again in the late 70s and revived again in the late 90s, 2000s. They've never seen that that sustained level of championships. And they lost to Bob Gibson and the St. Louis Cardinals, of which Roger Craig was part of that team. Now, later, he was a pitching coach and and manager, and he was a pitching coach for the 1984 which is still one of the most beloved teams in baseball history, certainly for Tiger fans, certainly for fans in Michigan, the team that got off to a spectacular start and went on to win the World Series in five games against the San Diego Padres. So many of those Padres pitchers threw the fork ball that was taught to them by their pitching coach, Roger Craig. That championship, Craig suddenly became a commodity as a potential manager. And the Giants fired Hall of Famer Frank Robinson and took over the dance. When a man from Massachusetts to Northern California in 87, 
And the Giants at that point in San Francisco had only been to the postseason twice, the 92 World Series and the 1971 LCS. In my lifetime, when I arrived in the Bay Area in, in 1987, in my lifetime, I had a single postseason game. Roger Craig took over a terrible Giants team. They were a winning team in 1986. And in 1987, they trailed Pete Rose and the Reds for most of the season. Now, we found out later Pete Rose was managing in an interesting way. But the Giants kind of retooled midway through the season. And Roger Craig took the team to the National League West title. And he had an expression which was humbaby. Your players, humbabies. Will Clark, he's a humbaby. Chili Davis, he's a humbaby. And this team that was filled with homegrown giants like Chili Davis and Will Clark and Robbie Thompson and a smattering of veterans, Jeffrey Leonard, Joel Youngblood, uh, the return of Chris Spire, Harry Spillman, Rick uh, Rushell, Dave Dravek, all these people that were cobbled together for other teams bringing in Kevin Mitchell as well. And this team went on to the National Championship Series. Got a three-game to two lead against a battered Cardinals team in game six in a potential clinching game and then got shut out in the finale. But that giant team was so loved as giant fans my age because it was the first time they had a team that they saw play in October. Now, two years later, Roger Craig did something that had only been done once before, which was he led the San Francisco Giants to the World Series. That happened. And they got swept by the A's. It's funny. The team that lost the League Championship Series to St. Louis in 87, I think is more loved than the team that actually got to the World Series in 89 how that works out but either way the Giants went from being a team that was a hundred some and an afterthought to making almost making it to the World Series and then indeed making it to the World Series in 1989 and Roger Craig was the man who was helming that team a bunch of hum babies a man who was a world champion Brooklyn Dodger a man who was a world champion Los Angeles Dodger a man who was on the worst Mets team we've ever seen. A man who was on the starting rotation of the Cardinal team that put the final dagger in the Yankee dynasty, took the Giants, and flipped them around. He died again. A baseball lifer that we all salute. Rest in peace, humble Roger Craig. And with that, Roger Craig was the oldest living or met with the death of Roger Craig, who is now currently the oldest living former Met. That is our trivia question. Who are the oldest living former Met? So send in your answers to at Sully Baseball on Twitter or here on the YouTube page or at Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Talking about two teams at the crossroad about to face a gauntlet and say goodbye to Roger Craig. This has been Locked On MLB for the 5th day of June, 
23. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.